Excited to join us this morning. Once again, my name is Sawyer Trapp. I'm our associate pastor here at Arise Church Denver. And I get the opportunity to be joined by our kids ministry director, Ariel Truckee. And we're so excited to be able to come to you on this cold, wet morning to talk about our next core value. If you've been joining us over the past couple of weeks, we've been going through our core values, what is at the heart of our church, what makes up the very core of what we're about and what we believe. But if you're sitting here right now and you're like, man, this is going to be a long message, then we got kids' dedication, it's going to be quick, but you have something to look forward to. November 1st, two weeks from today, we will be back inside our building. November 1st, yes, and what a great day to announce it because it is cold out here. We will be back inside our building. We are also moving to two services again, 9 a.m. and 10.45 a.m., back inside of our building. But that does require some new regulations. So we will be going back to our reservation system. You will need to reserve your spot. Um, Right now, Colorado regulations limit us to 100 people in one space. So that requires us to have a reservation system and make sure that we can follow that guidelines and effectively social distance people and try to make this as safe as we possibly can. So what you're going to do to reserve your spot for the service, and right now you can reserve the entire month of November is you're going to go to AriseDenver.com slash reopening. AriseDenver.com slash reopening. Or if you go Arise Denver and you click on the main page and you click About Us, it's right under there. Reopening, and you can reserve your spot for the 9 a.m. or the 1045 service for the entire month of November. And also, we do ask that you reserve your spots for Elevate Kids in advance as well, which you can do right there on that site when you're reserving your spot for the service. Because of social distancing guidelines, we do have a max limit in each one of our Elevate Kids classrooms. So if you have any more questions about that, there's a form that you can fill out. It'll send it directly to me, and I'll answer any questions that you have. But once again, November 1st, 9 a.m., 1045, we are back inside. And then it's arisedenver.com slash reopening. Awesome. So right now we're going to dive into our message. We've been going through our core values, talking about what is at the very heart of our church. And over the past couple of weeks, we've been talking about our values. The first value was transformational teaching, that we teach God's word accurately and relevantly to transform lives. That every single Sunday and in every ministry that we have here at Arise Church Denver, we're going to teach God's word to the best of our ability because it transforms people's lives. And then a couple of weeks back, I got the opportunity to also teach during this series on vibrant community, that we're real with each other that we have relationship with one another to grow together. And then we talked about bold outreach, that as followers of Jesus, that we are called to seek and to love the lost, that we are boldly sent by God to seek and to love the lost. And then then as Matt mentioned last week, we talked about generous living, that we're generous with our times, with our time, talent, and treasure, that God calls us to be generous in these things, Not just because he tells us, but because it will bring us the ultimate happiness in this life. And today, you might have guessed, because you have the person in charge of student ministry and the person in charge of kids ministry, that we're talking about the next generation. And for some of you, this idea of the next generation, that next generation investment, yes, it's important. Yes, it's something that a church should be doing. But is it at the core of our church? Is it at the heart of our church? Is it one of the eight things that we've outlined Seven things, sorry, I added one. Seven things that should actually be the core foundational beliefs and principles, the values that we have. 
And no matter where you come at this, maybe you're a parent and I said, yes, absolutely, we need to raise up a next generation. Maybe you don't have any kids. But I hope by the end of this message, we will be able to encourage you to believe that next-gen investment is one of the most important and vital things that we can do as a church. That is maybe more important than anything else we do. There's a phrase that you might have come across that I think hits this home. That the church is only one generation away from extinction. That the church is only one generation away from extinction. That everything that we do, everything that we believe, gathering on a Sunday morning, is only going to last past us if we invest in the next generation. So our core value of next generation investment says this. That we prioritize families and the next generation to produce disciples who make disciples. So as we dive in this morning, as we talk about what it looks like to actually make an investment in the next generation, I hope you listen with attentive ears. I hope you think about the ways that you can actually start to make this investment right now, today. But right now, you might be asking, why is this a priority in the first place? Why is the next generation a priority? And Ariel's going to tell us all about it. Yeah, thanks, Sawyer. So, yes, yeah, so Next Generation Ministries is obviously a priority for Sawyer and I and for our church, but we believe that it is, should not only be a priority for those of us who are on staff at a church or who serve in our ministries here at Arise. We think that Next Generation Ministries are a priority for the entire church because God says it matters. He says it's important to him, and so it should be important to us. In Genesis 1:28, the Bible says that God blessed them and he said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it. That's not just talking about, you know, increasing the population of the earth. The purpose is to increase the glory of God throughout the earth. The command by God is meant to continue the spread of humanity, but also to ensure that God's glory is manifested throughout all of his creation. And he is expecting that those of us who have already accepted Christ and who have that faith are bringing up new believers in the faith and are bringing up the next generation in the faith. He is expecting us to teach the next generation about his works and about how we can reflect his work in our daily lives. And that's why our core, our verse that goes along with our next-gen core value is Psalm 78.4. It says, we will not hide them from our descendants. We will tell the next generation the praiseworthy deeds of the Lord, his powers and the wonders that he has done. Here at Arise Church, our mission for next generation is not compartmentalized into kids' ministry and student ministries. Yes, obviously we have kids' ministry, and obviously we do have student ministry, but our ministries are designed to pour into each other and into the church. They're not scions on their own. So when we have middle and high schoolers serving in the kids' ministry, my kids get to see that they can have impact in somebody's life today. They can see the value of serving, even if they haven't reached adulthood and they haven't um, gotten to be as old as they expect to be. As children, they can see that they can start impacting other people's lives today. In, in the um, student ministry, I'm sorry, in the children's ministry, my mission is to train children to become disciples. And then Sawyer 
continues that work by continuing to deepen that relationship, to pour into them more. And so whenever my kids become his students, they don't just stop or they don't just now get to be discipled. We started in children's ministry and we keep going all the way through turbulence and into our adult ministries. So what are some things that we're doing in Elevate Kids and how do we disciple your children and the children that come into our church? So we have um, a curriculum that we use. It's called Orange. And Orange is a philosophy that is designed to take the light of the church, which is represented by the color yellow, and the warmth and love of a family, which is represented by the color red. And when you combine them, you have a greater impact on the life of a child. And that's where we get the color orange from. So our kids, to disciple our preschoolers, we start, even in our tykes class, which is our youngest class that we have, we start teaching them that God made me, God loves me, and Jesus wants to be my friend forever. Everything we do every week centers around one of these three points all year long. They also have memory verses, so your preschoolers are learning to hide the word of God in their hearts. And they also have the bottom line that teaches them that week of what our main Bible story is. And then with our kindergarten through third graders and our preteens, they have three main truths that we study each week as well, which are, I need to treat others the way I want to be treated. I need to make the wise choice, and I can trust God no matter what. Each month, our kids also have a new memory verse, a new bottom line each week, and they have a monthly life app. The life app is a key point that we are teaching every week that is basically, here's what we learned about the Bible. That's great. How do I use it in my life? What is the application for it in my life? This month, our life app is integrity, which is choosing to be truthful in whatever you say and do. So we have these. This is like the yellow part of our orange philosophy, but then we also have the red side, and that's what we do to equip parents to continue what we're doing on a Sunday morning because we believe, Sawyer and I both, I think, believe that parents have the greatest influence on their child. We have an hour with you guys a day. Parents have all week, and so we want to equip you through our curriculum to be able to continue that conversation. And so we have parent cues, which we send home every week. This is a piece of paper that tells our kids what they learned in class today, tells you your memory verse, your bottom line, your life app, everything, so that when you get done with church and y'all are having lunch and you say, well, what did you guys learn at church today? And your kid says, Jesus, you can say, awesome, what's your memory verse? And then you know what their memory verse is because you have it on your parent cue and you guys can practice that together all week. Parent cues also give conversation starters to go along with the curriculum. Now I know some of you guys are watching online. Most of you guys are watching online because it's very cold. (laughs) And so what do we have for you guys? We have resources for the Bible story on our website at Arise denver.com slash kids resources and you can access the parent queue there you can access the bible stories and you can access even more resources for your kids for that week as well as we have a parent queue app that's created by our orange curriculum which you can download onto your phone you enter a little bit of information about your child you do have to search stapleton fellowship church because it's not very easy to change your church name with orange Um, so we're working on that but if you search stapleton fellowship church you can add your your family to our church and then you also have access on your phone to the videos to the parent queue information and to other resources for your kids 
And then the last thing that we are doing is something new that I'm very excited about. We are starting a parenting group that's going to be meeting possibly here at the church, but definitely virtually. And we are going to be going through a a study through a book called Parenting Beyond Your Capacity, which we will give more information on in a little while. But it is a really great study, and it's a really great resource for parents to be able to come alongside one another and to have other people involved in being a part of raising your child up and discipling your child. Yeah, as you can see, we're passionate about kids. We're passionate about kids here at the church. We have a lot of opportunities for our kids to meet Jesus, to get to know more about Jesus. And that continues when they come into the student ministry. And they build on the knowledge base that they have about the Bible and about God and about who Jesus is and God's love for them. And in student ministry, our main purpose is to take their relationship with God or their developing relationship, or maybe they still have questions, and start to apply that to their lives. That in turbulent student ministry, that we exist to help students follow Jesus through the turbulence of their teenage years. Because I don't know about you, but as a teenager, I've faced some difficulties. I've faced some problems. I've come across some situations that I didn't know what to do with. There there were environments that I was in that I was tempted to do something. That there were questions that my friends had about my faith. And if you were a follower of Jesus when you were a teenager, I bet the same thing happened for you. And not to diminish our experience at all, but if you've been around our middle schoolers and high schoolers, or maybe you have a middle schooler or a high schooler at home, they are facing problems that were never even on our radar. That the average teenager today experiences the same amount of stress and anxiety as someone who was put in a mental hospital in the 1950s. That they're experiencing the same stress and anxiety as someone who is in a facility for mental health in the 1950s. They're faced with more pornography on the internet, politicization of every single issue, and questions about whether their faith is true, and maybe even more than that, is detrimental to society. Our students today are facing problems that were not even on our radar. And this is not to be a Debbie Downer on the situation. This is saying that we have such a great opportunity to engage our students for Christ. That we can help them through the turbulence that they're facing right now. And then that's the second part of our mission, to set them up for beyond their teenage years. That when the rubber meets the road in middle school and high school, they can begin to start to live out their faith, apply their faith, see what it looks like when people question their faith. That it doesn't have to be something that they face when they're an adult, but it's something that they can face right now, surrounded by people that love them, by other students that support them, by diving into God's Word together. And through our amazing adult volunteers. We have some amazing adult volunteers that both work in both of our ministries. That are weekly impacting our children and students for Christ. It's clear that we are trying to make an investment in the next generation at the church. To prioritize family and the next generation to produce disciples who make disciples. But you might be sitting there and saying, isn't that enough? 
the church, we're doing so much up here. Weekly, we're meeting with your students and your kids, engaging with them. But as Ariel touched on, we see them so much less than you all. I'm going to pull out the statistics so I make sure I get it right. Between birth and when a child is 18 years old, a parent has 936 weeks. Which sounds both like a lot and like nothing. 936 weeks. And in a best case scenario, if they attend Elevate Kids from birth all the way up to 6th grade and every week at Turbulence, here at the church, we at best only get them for 39 days. Over 900 weeks in comparison to 39 days. That's not to devalue anything that we're doing at the church. I believe it's vital that we are investing in the next generation. But that investment can't stop with us as the staff. It can't stop with the adult volunteers who are choosing weekly to invest in the next generation. It has to be all of us. How many of you are a parent out there? Raise your hand. If you're watching online, leave a comment. Say, yep, I'm a parent. Maybe send some beautiful pictures of your kids. It'll be a big hoot. It'll be a lot of fun. But if you're a parent out there, I don't think I have to convince you that your children are important. What I may have to convince you of is that ultimately everything that we do here at the church, though significant, though impactful, fails in comparison to what you can do. That we believe here at Arise Church Denver that it is part of our role in prioritizing the next generation to prioritize families. To equip you as best we can to disciple your children. And this isn't just something that we believe. I think actually that's the way God intended it. That if we look all the way back in the book of Deuteronomy, in chapter 6, God declares to the Israelites this. In Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 7, it says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God, the Lord is one. So love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your strength. These are the commandments that I give you today that will be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home or when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. You see, we, as parents, have such an important role in shaping and making an investment in the faith of our children. That it's not just something that they should experience at church, or at Elevate Kids, or at Wednesdays at Turbulence. That it's something that should be in constant conversation throughout the week. Look again in verse 7, it says, Impress them on your children. Impress them. Make an impression. Talk about it when you sit at home, in your everyday life, when you're sitting at home, when you're eating dinner, when you walk along the road, when you go out, when you're running errands, on your way back and from school, on your way to wherever their computer is when they're doing online school, when you lie down, when the day is over, 
when you get up, when the day begins. This is the entirety of life. It's not something that can be relegated to a conversation on the way home from church or when they're at church. It has to be something that is impacting, that is making an impression their entire lives. But it's not just enough for us to talk about faith. As we know, as our kids grow up, our kids see what we do. They see the way we live. They see the choices that we make, the words we say, the things we claim, and what we actually do. So it's not just enough to talk about faith. We have to live it out. One of the most important things that we can do as parents is to model what it looks like to follow Jesus. A faith that doesn't just stay on Sundays, but impacts the rest of our week. That impacts the conversations that we have, the choices that we make. Our children are watching to see if the things that we believe are actually what we live out. If the things that we believe in our mind have made our way down to our heart and into our hands and into our feet and into our actions. I love the way that the children's author, Jenny Monchamp, puts it. She writes, Show your children God's love by loving them and others as Christ loves you. Be quick to forgive. Don't hold a grudge. Look for what's best and speak gently into the areas of their lives that need growth. Parents, our children are watching. Watching how we live. Watching how we love others. So love others like Christ loves you. And we want to equip you to do that better. So in addition to the awesome parenting class that we're launching, we also have a new section of our website. AriseDenver.com slash NextGen. And this will be your one-stop resource for a, on a wide variety of topics. We have a new page called NextGen Resources to equip families and parents and mentors and coaches and adults in raising our kids and students in the knowledge and love of God. This whole page is about important topics like having conversations about faith, about baptism, but also the difficult parts of life. About anxiety, about depression, about sexuality. So that we can equip you to disciple your children. So, um, so yeah, we're going to look at an interaction, um, the only interaction in the Bible about Jesus really as a child. And it's found in Luke 2.46. But before we go there, I'm going to set it up for you. So this is the Passover. Jesus is about 12 years old, and his family travels with a lot of other, you know, relations and other Jewish people from Nazareth to Jerusalem, which, I mean, if anybody's interested in trivia, that's 91 miles. So it's a long way, and they walked a lot. So if your kids are ever like, I'm tired of walking, you know, Jesus walked from Nazareth to Jerusalem it's 91 miles, guys. I think you can make it. Um, but they get there. They go to the Passover. They're there for the uh, festival. And then when it's over, everybody gets together, and they all travel 91 miles back home. 
So for the first day, Jesus' parents are walking along, and they get to wherever it is they're going to camp for the night, because I imagine there aren't a lot of hotels. And they start looking for Jesus, who they haven't seen all day, because they just assumed he's traveling with some other kids or some other families and our big, massive people. He's not. He's not there at all. So Mary and Joseph then travel back to Jerusalem, and in Luke 2:46 it says after 3 days they found him in the temple courts. I don't know any parents today who don't know where their kids are for 3 minutes, but for 3 days they did not know where their child was. Their preteen boy. Okay, I don't know what your preteen boys or what Jesus was like, but I know what my preteen boys in our group can get into in 3 minutes. So, <laughs> 3 days sounds like a lot, but Jesus was in the temple courts. He was sitting among the teachers, and he was listening to them and asking them questions. Now, why is this important to to me, and why is it important to Sawyer? This shows us that Jesus spent time with other adults outside of his family, not just to you know, hang out with them, but he's learning from them, and he's interacting from, with them, and they are discipling him. So that is why we think it's important for us, because even if you don't have children of your own, or maybe your children are now grown, you can still have a kingdom impact on the next generation by being a small group leader in one of our next-gen ministries at Arise Church, or by developing a mentoring relationship with a family that you know and trust. So um, parents can make room for these mentor relationships in, one of, in your own child's life by having these conversations with adults that you trust. And in Luke 2:52, we see that these relationships have a positive impact on Jesus and his character because it says Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and people. Now, I don't know any parents who don't want their kids to grow in wisdom, I guess in stature also because, I mean, growing is good, and also with favor with God and people. So if we want our kids to grow the way Jesus grew up, we need to teach our kids to grow like Jesus did. In a few minutes, we're going to be dedicating children from our families. And I'm really excited about today because I don't know if we've ever dedicated this many children at one time. Um, Possibly this is, yeah, this is definitely the most I think I've ever been here for that we've dedicated. And dedications are important for a couple of reasons. The first is that the church is a witness to the covenant that these parents are making with God, that they are going to raise their children in a manner that is reflective of their faith and is honoring to God. The second reason, though, that it is important to our church is because we as a church make a covenant with these parents that we are going to the best of our ability walk alongside them to help their families to disciple their children into a lifelong relationship with Jesus. And this commitment is not just for Pastor Matt to say, all right, guys, say I do. It's for us to actually walk in this commitment with these families. We are a part of the church together, and so we are part of raising these kids up as disciplers. Um, so, so yes, yeah, so that's part of how we are investing and making a, an investment in the next generation of our church. Sawyer? Yeah, I think that's so true. If we think back to our teenage years or our childhood, I think all of us would have somebody other than our parents who's made an impact on us. Maybe it's another family member, a grandparent, an aunt or an uncle, someone who's like that in your life. Maybe a family friend who was like a family member. Maybe it was a coach. Maybe it was somebody at our church. And so in our community groups this week, we're going to be talking about 
who that person was and the impact that they made on us. But I want you to imagine, I want you to think what it would be like if you were that person in the life of a child or a student. Think of the impact that each one of us, even gathered here on this cold morning and all those online, could make in the next generation if we just chose one child or one family to speak truth into their life, to show them what it looks like to follow Jesus, to be a resource to their parents, to allow them to ask you questions that maybe they don't want to bring to their parents. Orange, the curriculum that Ariel uses for her kids' ministry, did a study. And they found that one of the primary indicators of long-term church attendance, long-term follower, being a long-term follower of Jesus, is non-parental investment in a child. That 46% of young adults who were actively attending the church had at least one, excuse me, five adults invest in them. That one of the ways that we can ensure that the church is not extinct years from now, that Generation Z and the generation behind them and the generations to follow is to make an investment right now. So what does it look like? If you're a parent out there, I'm sure you have an adult friend that you would trust to meet with your child, maybe one-on-one, maybe with you. Maybe it's somebody from your community group. Maybe it's somebody in this church. Maybe it's someone that you love. But begin to form that relationship. It can become so vital in the faith of your child. And if you're sitting out there right now and saying, I don't have kids or my kids are grown, how do I begin to form that relationship? First, you want to be someone who parents trust. You want to be above reproach. Have a faith that's strong. Be in relationships with people who have kids. Be a support to them. Be an encouragement to them. Provide resources to them. Parenting is hard. Parenting is challenging. But the beautiful thing of the community of God is that we don't have to do it alone. That it really does take a village. And if you haven't looked around this morning, we are a village. We are a community. A community that is gathered in this place and online, but gathered together through relationship to raise up the next generation of believers. Be a mentor for the next generation. Decide today to make an investment in the future of a child. Yes, so the next generation of believers in our church are not future members of our church. They are currently a part of our church right now. We were all created for community, and we should not be waiting for our kids to grow up to become a part of our community. They are the right age to be involved in the community of our church right now. At Arise Church, our view of next generation ministry is in the community context. We all have a job to do in shaping the faith of the future. That means parents, grandparents, family, friends, small and large group leaders in our church, and every person in our church must surround and invest in our children to best equip them to be the church currently and in the future. Yeah, that's so right. And I want you to stop and imagine for a moment what it would look like if we decided to make that investment starting right now. I don't know if you've seen online 
or have read about the upcoming generations. But it's not going to be easy. It's not going to be something that we can go into half-heartedly. It has to be something that we decide right now as a church to make an investment. To make the difficult choices. To choose this day how we are going to raise up the next generation. By loving our children well. By living in faith with one another. By showing them what it looks like to follow Jesus. By supporting one another. By being mentors for our kids. By serving and elevate kids or at turbulence. That this has to be a priority for all of us. That Generation Z and Generation Alpha and Beta and all those after aren't just to be tossed aside. Aren't just to be saying that maybe that generation is where Christianity dies. We have an opportunity right now to change the future. To make an investment. We've chosen that word intentionally. It may just be one meeting. It may be one conversation that happens around your dining room table. It may be you speaking into a student's life as they're struggling with anxiety or depression. We don't know what God is going to do with the choices that we make. But we know that that investment right now can lead to exponential growth that will impact countless thousands, millions, billions of people with the good news of the gospel. We have to make an investment today. So parents, if you are waiting for your children to be ready to have faith conversations, stop waiting. They are ready right now. These conversations need to be a natural daily occurrence, even if your kids are young. Because if you wait until they're older, they likely won't be interested in having those conversations. So you can use your weekly parent cue for conversation starters and reminders for your kids about what went on in church that week. And if you don't have kids and you are not serving or not mentoring because you don't feel equipped to disciple or to share the gospel, if you have a Bible, you are equipped. And if you feel like you need more experience, Sawyer and I have a place for you. We are happy to get you plugged in. So whether you are raising kids in your home right now or are available to help mentor and disciple someone else's child, all of us should be making faith conversations a part of our everyday life, both with the kids in our lives and with the adults that we know. You can make sure that your kids hear you talk about your faith. You can ask them questions. You can be intentional about having spiritual conversations, and you need to practice what you preach. For more information about developing your mentor relationships, that Parenting Beyond Your Capacity course is a great resource for that. So if you guys have questions, please talk to me after the service, or if you're online, send me an email at atrucky at arisedenver.com. So as our families come forward for child dedication, it's something, it's a blessing that we get to do to surround these families, to show what it looks like to make an investment right now. That even though these children are young, that these families and their supporters and this community and this church is saying, we are going to raise them up. That we are going to make them a priority in this church. That we are going to make an investment that lasts a lifetime.
that lasts beyond us here today and creates a legacy of faith that lasts to the end of all generations. Next-gen investment isn't just something for Ariel or for, or for me. It isn't just something for our church. It has to be a choice that each one of us makes daily to decide that our faith is more important than just us, that we're going to produce disciples who make disciples who make disciples who make disciples. Let's pray. God, we thank you for this time, for allowing us to gather on what is this cold morning, God. But I hope that the words that Ariel and I said don't just stay in this place, but actually start to impact our lives and our hearts. That this church would be known as a church that makes an investment in the next generation. That we are a church of multiplication, producing disciples who produce disciples, God, for endless generations. For the parents in this room and for, for those gathered online, God. That we would be parents that live out what you call us to be, to disciple our children in love and obedience to you. And for all of us, God, that we would be surrounded and supportive of one another as we collectively raise up a next generation of people who follow you, that we would help all people, independent of age, follow Jesus. It's in your name we pray. Amen.